Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. We are his body. That's why 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, now you are the body of Christ, talking to us, the church. And then it says, and members individually. So even though we are individual members, but jointly or corporately, we are the body of one Christ. So even as we come together as individuals, Bazalwane, uh, because we are still individuals at the end of the day, but we come so that we can be equipped by what we normally refer to as the fivefold ministry. Who are the fivefold ministers? Uh, they are, of course, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Because according to Ephesians 4 verse 11, the Bible says they are uh, in the church to equip us as the members of the church. Amen? As the, as the members of the body of Christ. Why? So that we can contribute towards the building of the church, which is his body, as, as we have said. So when, when we come to church, uh, of course, part of it is that we are going to be ministered to, we are going to enjoy, you know, we are going to be blessed. But more than that, we come to be equipped. Why? So that we can uh, be, be used by God to build or to edify his church. Listen to what Ephesians 4, uh, verse number 12, uh, in the New International Version, it says, to equip his people for works of service. Another translation says the work of the ministry, right? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, who is the body of Christ? It, it is us, the church of Jesus Christ, all right? So that the body of Christ may be built up or may be edified. And in verse number 16, it says, from him, the whole body, all of us as individuals coming together, from him, the whole body, joined and held together, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. So all of us, uh, normally people, uh, when they want to take my surname to English, they say muscle. And I always tell them, no, it's not. That's not a right. Uh, that's not a right translation. There's the right translation. The ligament is what my is what my surname means. Actually, yeah. So if you if I want to change it, I will. No, nah, but it wouldn't sound nice. Jacob, uh, Jacob ligament. Yeah. <laughs> liga. 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 So as the body of Christ, we need to understand that God brings us together as individual members or body parts so that we can become one body. And we need to be joined and held together. That's why even in this house, we, we have a culture of connecting so that we don't become a body that is, because a body that is scattered all over the place, it cannot be alive. I mean, if you can walk out of this place, God forbid, and just, you know, come across body parts just lying around, God forbid. I know I'm making a very silly, gruesome example, but you, you wouldn't think or assume that that body is alive. But the Bible says that we are joined or connected or held together 
by every supporting ligament. And so that the church can do what? Can grow and build itself in love. So it is through us coming together and being connected, contributing towards the building up of the church that we as individuals, we can continue to do our part or to play our role. I love it in the Passion Translation. It says, especially verse number 16, it says, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Constantly so. Constantly so. Constantly so. So that's why uh, when you are a member of Builders Church, you must not be weary of the connects. Because the Bible says we have got to be constantly connected. We have got to be constantly connected so that we can just become that body that is unified. That one body that is connected to one another. And it says, and every member has been given divine gifts. So each and every one of us here, there is a gift on the inside of you. There is a gift, Gusandei, there is a gift. That's why he's standing there at the back because he becomes a, a member that is contributing towards the edification or the building up of the body of Jesus Christ. And it says, um, and every member has been given the divine gift to contribute to the growth of all. So if I am a member that is connected, I need to understand that my, my role is to contribute towards the growth. If I am not connected, there is something that is going to be missing. And th there is going to be some form of growth that is going to lack if we are not properly connected. Are we here, Bazalwan? And then it says, and as these gifts operate effectively... Throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. As these gifts operate effectively. So if God gives me a gift, he's expecting me to operate in that gift. He is expecting me to contribute towards the growth of his body, uh, which is the church of Jesus Christ, so that the church can be built up and made perfect in Love. Amen. So as, I, as soon as I discover that I have a gift, I have the ability, I have some form of talent, let's call it that, I need to understand that number one, it is not from me. Number two, I need to understand that God has given it to me for a purpose. And that gift, number three, should be aimed at building the body of Jesus Christ. Edifying it so that it can be made perfect in love. Are we here? Yeah. And the opposite is also true. If I am not availing my gift so, so that the church may be built, what am I doing? I am working against the growth of the body of Jesus Christ, which is the church. In other words, I am not partnering with him to grow his body. And here's the thing. Anything that I am doing to the church, whether it is good or bad, Jesus takes it personal. If you don't believe me, ask Saul. When he was persecuting the church and he had 
what we normally refer to as his Damascus experience. He had an encounter with Christ. And the Bible says he heard a voice that said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus was, did not say, why are you persecuting my church? He said, why are you persecuting me? Because anything that we are doing to the church, whether good or bad, he will take it personal. Because it is his body. We touch the church, we touch him. We bless the church, we are blessing him. We curse the church, we are cursing him. We hate the church, we are hating him. We love the church, we love him. I always tell people that the church is the only point of contact that God has given us to express our love and commitment for him. You cannot claim to love God and hate his church. We left the church and we did not leave God. No, it doesn't work like that. If you, if you hate my wife, you hate me. You cannot claim to love me and honor me and dishonor my wife. It does not work like that. As a matter of fact, ever since this church started, I've always said to members of Builders Church that the only way I can truly see that you love and honor me it is how you treat my wife. You cannot fool me. You mistreat her, then I know that you, you, whatever that you say to me, even if you can kneel down on your knees and say, men are God, men are heaven, God, what is the other term? Papa. Uh, what's the other one? Daddy. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, give, give it to me. Uh, you know, uh, it does not matter what you say. But the way that you are handling my wife shows whether or not you honor me because my wife means a lot to me. She means everything. As a matter of fact, she was the first member of this church. And she will be the, the last member of this church. In other words, even when all of us can leave, she will, as long as she's married to me, she, she has no choice but to come and attend the service. She's the eternal member of this church. Are we here, Bazalon? So, Uzobane Pati, Logotus of Figa, Nimshumai Lise, Nimshumayes, and Tatasumnigas, Umnigal, Mikulis, and Men's Abbey Children's Church, whatever, Yonkinto, all in one. Amen. But we need to take note that even as we are the body of Christ, we need to understand that unity is of the essence in the church. Why? Because we only have one Lord. We only have one Lord, and that's why I'm saying we are to be joined or connected together so that the Lord can work in our midst. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 5, we have one Lord. And Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Therefore, unity is of the essence. Because the body of Jesus is not divided. It is not many members that are separated, scattered all over the place. 
It is one body. Now, let me explain something, Barcelona. The church is to be understood in two ways, two levels. The first one is the universal body of Christ. In other words, every person who says they are born again, they belong to that body called the church. It does not matter where you are, whether you are in Africa, whether you are in the United States of America, but if you have submitted yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you belong to that one church. Are we here? It does not matter whether you are white, blue, pink, yellow, shorts, tall, whatever. What, whatever you can be, whoever you can be, you belong to that one body of Christ. But again, the church is also to be understood as local. So first, it is universal, but secondly, it is local. But look at it this way. All of the local churches are not separate churches, but they are members of one body. So as Builders Church, we are not everything that the church needs to be. We are playing a role. We are a member. We are still connected. So in other words, when Jesus looks at us, he is not looking at us as a separate church. And even the way that we carry ourselves, we must not carry ourselves as a separate church, disconnected from the rest of the body. We must not think that, you know, the only church that God sees in the world is Builder's Church. There is also other churches that are part of the body. So when I meet a member of another church, as long as they declare Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, we need to understand that we belong to the same body. But as Builders Church as well, we are playing a role. We are like a body part in that entire body of Jesus Christ, wherever it is, because we cannot be able to single-handedly do everything that there is to be done by the church, even if we wanted to. Because there is a lot of work. I mean, the only work that we are doing of building in this church alone, it is tiring. It is too much. It is, I mean, can you imagine if we have to do what uh, Apostolic Faith Mission has to do, Assemblies of God has to do, Deben Christian Center has to do, a Grace Bible Church has to do. I mean, we can never be able to do everything uh, that needs to be done. But we need to understand that even at local level, oneness and unity is of great importance. It means a lot to God himself. That's why the Bible speaks extremely against division in the body of Christ. Because the Lord does not want division in his church. Why? Because it short circuits the flow of the blessing. I will, I will talk about that in just a moment. The Lord, not only does he discourage division, but he hates it with every fiber of his being. And if we truly love the church of Jesus Christ, we also must hate division. We must not be part of anything that divides the church. Are we together, Barcelona? Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 25. He says, so that there should not be division in the body. So that there should not be division. There should not be division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. So even as members of Builders Church, we need to understand that we can never be able to achieve anything if we are going to be divided. If we are going to operate, you know, as um, crews and gangs and, 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 and not have equal concern for one another. And I always challenge myself, even as a pastor, that I need to have 
equal concern for each and every member of Builders Church. Equal concern. Equal concern. So in other words, if Pastor G is not sick, I mean he's sick. God forbid. And, 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 and of course when he is not feeling well, I'm going to be affected. Amen? But I need to be affected in the same way even when somebody that I do not even know by name here at church and he calls me and says so and so is not feeling well. I need to have equal concern. I don't, I, I don't, I must not try and treat people differently. <laughs> Even if they don't give or tithe. Listen, even if you don't tithe, I'm still your pastor. Amen. I'll be forever be your pastor. Amen. Whatever happens with you, it, it, it will touch. I'll be there. I'm not going to ask you when you need help. I'm not going to ask you first whether you are tithing or not. I, I will not look at the books. <laughs> While you are at it, maybe if you are asking, so why Mfundis, do you want us to write names on the envelope? It is just an administrative process so that one day if you need a donation certificate from the church, So that you can do whatever with your tax issues, then we have the records of how many, did, how much did you give? Or if you want to know for whatever reason, you want to come and say to and say to us how much did I tithe this year to the church? We can give it to you. It's not so that I can treat you differently. I don't even know the names on that list for that for that matter, because I don't want to relate with you on the basis of how much do you give a church. Whether, whether, whether you need help or you want to influence. Oh, you did not get that one, right? Okay. Whether you need help or you want to influence on the basis of how much did you give. Therefore, I must now listen when you speak. <laughs> I'm a different kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to wisdom, not to money. Yes, I listen to divine guidance and not money. Here's, here's the part I love, and we'll talk about this maybe at the later stage because I, I don't have enough time. Here's, here's what I like. You know when God said to Moses, build me a tabernacle, and he gave him all the materials to build. Come here, Pastor G. Um, <laughs> The Bible says about the tabernacle of Moses specifically. The Bible says he had to have pillars all around the tabernacle. And there were 60 in total. He had to have pillars all around. And God specifically said to him, make all the pillars of equal distance next to each other. And he said, they are going to be connected through a silver rod next to each other. All around. All around. And they were going to have a, a, a sheet, a white linen sheet here, representing righteousness. And this silver rod, silver in the Bible speaks of redemption. All right. All right. Are we together? Yeah. That's why Jesus was sold with the pieces of silver. 
Joseph, same thing, pieces of silver. So that's a story for another day, right? But here's the thing. These pillars, these pillars of which the Bible says we are as members of the church are supposed to be connected on the basis of redemption. Okay, the silver. Yes. In other words, you can be rich, I am poor. We are not connecting on the basis of our bank balance. We are connecting on the basis that both of us, we have been redeemed by the same blood. Your blood was not yellow and mine is red. Your blood, no, but it is the same blood, yeah. the same forgiveness of sins that I needed, sure. you also needed it. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why I qualify, mm. no matter how rich you are as the member of Builders Church, yeah. the reason why I qualify to connect yeah. with you, yeah. to sit in the same class with you, to sit in the same connect group with you, yeah. it is not because of how educated I am yeah. or how rich I am or from which neighborhood am I from, yeah. but it is on the basis of redemption. I can call you my brother, not because of how much we have. It is because of the basis of the redemption by the same blood of Jesus Christ. I can run to you for help, for advice, for counsel, not because of your greatness, of your stature. No, it is because I know that the very same blood of Jesus that washed my sins, it is the same blood that has washed your sins. In other words, the blood of Jesus Christ is the equalizer in the church. You can sit down. So I'm not going to be afraid to talk to Umatangula because he sings better than me. That's obvious. He plays better than me. That's obvious. When we connect, when we meet, it's not because of our gifts or our talents or our abilities. Because we can never be the same. We can never be at the same level. But we connect on the basis of redemption. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why even me as as your pastor, I don't connect with you at the level of, you know, who's great and who's less or whatever the case may be. We are both cleansed by the same blood. I just had a privilege of being called. I did not ask to be called. I did not do anything for that matter to be called. God chose me. I don't know why. I mean, sometimes I need to have a conversation with him and and ask him, why? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Out of all people, I mean, there are people who look called. I don't know, Mina. (laughs) You know, I go to many places, and when I say I'm a pastor, (laughs) you can see that this person, even though the conversation continues, he's still trying to process the fact that this guy with this hairstyle, he's trying to tell me that he's a pastor. I mean, sometimes you should see their disappointment on their faces to be like, that's why one day I thought of having a tattoo, but then I, I... Pray, pray, pray for goodwill. It's being a wrong influence. My brother, I know we connect on the basis of redemption, but please don't influence. This church loves me. Yeah, one day I also want to look like Tabi Leotando or something. Just, you know, 
just for control, just, just to give people more things to think about. After I introduce myself as a pastor, uh, and just leave, leave it with you to think about and to be tormented at night. But I did not ask to be called. Because God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I don't connect with you because you qualify to be in my second. But the blood of Jesus Christ has qualified you. Because I don't get to choose which pillar stands next to me. I am just told to connect with it. So that I don't short circuit the flow of the blessing in the house. The person that you are seated next to. Does not matter who they are. Where they come from. The fact that they are a church. They are seeking this same God. That you are seeking. Qualifies them to call you brother or sister. They qualify to have a conversation with you. They qualify to ask something, you know, from you. I don't mean money or anything like that, but they qualify just to, you know, be, be a brother or a sister next to you. That after the church, anyone can walk up to anyone. I remember another church member uh, in Telmas came to me and said, hey, I don't know Mfundis Noma, go right now, because he was looking for help and, and I was trying to help him. And he was like, eh, so I don't know whether I can uh, maybe have your number. I said, yes, no problem. You can have my number. You are a member of this church. Why can't you? you, you I mean, anyone, you, if you want to call me anytime, call me. I'm your pastor. I know I don't have a bodyguard. You can just call anytime. Of course, I don't mean it's wrong to have one if there are reasons. You know, I understand. And, and sometimes, of course, even if I can say, you know, anyone can call me at any time. Uh, of course, there has got to be limits. I don't mean phone me at 11 at night and just to check how am I doing. I've been eating and facts from Zion. No, 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 no. I really mean if you, if you need, that's why I'm, I'm in all the groups here. You can see my number. If you want to directly WhatsApp me, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. I don't charge. If you, even if you send me a callback, I will call you. As a matter of fact, I, I call all callbacks, even if I don't know the number. If I receive a callback, I call it. Why? I'm a pastor. I don't know who might be in need, asking to be called back. No, you know, you, you, maybe let's talk, muscle pastor Risha, 5,000 people. It's okay. I'm pastoring three campuses now. I don't have stress. Many of you guys have my numbers. You don't phone unnecessarily. So I'm okay. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this to say in the body of Christ, there shouldn't be class. There shouldn't be circles. There shouldn't be, uh, you know, I'm not saying we're going to have coffee with each other every day. No. But no one should feel like I don't qualify to have a conversation, no, Pastor G. 
I mean, he's, a, he's there. And I'm, no. I always say this to people. Why did they have to find Judas to sell out Jesus? Why? It simply says to me, he was a normal chap that they needed somebody to help them to identify that this is Jesus. He was not a secluded man of the hour sitting on the throne so that even when we approach, we can see that one is Jesus. Already you can see that one is Jesus. No, he was, he smelled like sheep. They needed Jesus, they needed Judas to point him out and say, this is the one. And I remember they even had to, you know, he even asked, when they were asking, and then he said, are you looking for me? They said, yes, he says, no, I am Jesus. Hey! And as from that day, I said, Lord, help me. Not to be the one who scatters your sheep. Through how I treat your sheep. May I not be the one who will promote division. Because of how I am myself dividing the flock. Man, I want to I wanna hang out on no Sunday, you know, as if he's my peer. Yeah. I, I want to be able to connect with anyone, any day. Eldest person, as if it's normal. But if I have to speak to somebody younger, I don't want them to feel like, hey, the man of the hour <laughs> has come. <laughs> because... God hates division. As a matter of fact, Paul puts it this way in Romans 16 verse 17. He says, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. This was Paul. He says, note them, mark them, those who cause divisions and do what? And avoid them. In other words, the one who intends to cause other people feel isolated, make them feel isolated. That is what Paul was basically saying. He says, if you identify somebody who is attempting to make, because that is what division is all about. We are simply trying to separate others so that they can feel out on the cold by themselves. But Paul says, those who do that, mark them and make them feel out and cold until they leave. Let me tell you this. The reason why Jesus had this serious conversation with Peter, and I'll tell you why did he have this conversation with Peter. Remember, just when Jesus was about to be crucified, he has a conversation with Peter. He says, Peter, you are going to deny me three times before the cock crows. How many of you always got con- get confused as to what come, did the cock crow three times or did Peter deny Jesus three times? He said, he said, you will deny me. And three times Peter denied But at that point when Jesus told him, he said, no, 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 me, nah. Ah, they can all deny you and run away. No, me. Me, Lord, when, when you, I'll be with you. 
In other words, he should have been the other one on the cross. Jesus. I mean, Peter. And Peter is the same guy that Jesus says when, when he asked, who do people say that I am? And they, they say, some say you are John the Baptist and whatever. And Peter comes in and says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. And he says to him, says to him, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. That's why Peter becomes the first one to preach the gospel and 3,000 people were saved. Because he was building the church. That was the establishment of the first century church. But before Jesus could release him to do that, he has this conversation now after his resurrection. So Peter, because you are going to get into this serious task that I've given you, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. I mean, he takes it lightly. You know, like us husbands. When the, when the wife needs some love and you, instead of just saying it out there to say, you say, you know I love you. It's like copy and paste. I said it 10 years ago, so use that today. Nothing has changed. <laughs> it's still the same. So Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus responds by saying, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord. You know I love you. He says, tend my sheep. And Jesus asks him the third time, trying to work on that three denials. We have to correct it. That's why at his resurrection, Jesus says, go and tell my disciples that I have risen, especially Peter. Why? It was very critical for him to correct this first before he's going to build the church. The third time he says to him, Peter, do you love me? And Peter gives up eventually. He says, Lord, you know all things. All things. In other words, you are the one who qualifies to check my heart whether I mean what I say. And Jesus says, tend my lamb. Why? Jesus was simply saying to him, if you claim that you love me, the only way I can know that you truly love me, it is how you are going to treat my sheep. If you are going to scatter my sheep, then you cannot claim that you love me. That's why Jesus says, if anyone causes offense to these little ones, talking about the lamb, says it will be better for them for the milestone to be tied around their necks and to be thrown into the ocean 
Why? In, in, in other words, in, before, it will be better for them to experience that than for me to deal with them. Why was Jesus saying that? He was saying that to say, my church is very dear to me. Very dear to me. And if you cause offense to my sheep, to my lamb, you are touching me. And I will have to respond. So the primary responsibility we have, Builders Church, is to make sure that we maintain the unity that we protect at all cost the sheep. Why? Because God does not like it when he sees his flock getting divided. In other words, I'm not going to engage in any conversation that might cause a division yeah. in the church. Yeah. The Bible says in Proverbs 6 verse 16, these six things the Lord hates. Does God have the ability to hate? There it is in black and white. These things the Lord hates. Yes, it says, seven are an abomination to him. Now, let, let me help you understand the book of Proverbs. If you read the book of Proverbs, each time Solomon will talk about two things, and then all of a sudden he says, yes, three. You must always look at the third one. If he talks about five things, and then all of a sudden he says, yes, six. You must look at the sixth one. So even in this case, he says, here are six things that the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination. Let's go through them. Number one, a proud look, a lying tongue. Number two, hands that shed innocent blood. Number three, a heart that devises wicked plans. Number four, feet that are swift in running to evil. Number five, a false witness who, who speaks lies. Number six, and then finally, number seven, the seventh one, which is an abomination to God, he says, and one who sows division among brethren. Let me tell you, for us to be blessed in this church and to experience the blessing of the Lord. I always tell people, rather leave the church if you are not happy. Rather leave. than to stay and cause division. Why? Because when you are causing division, you are not dealing with the pastor. You are not dealing with the church. You are dealing with God. Because it is his body. He takes it personally. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Remember, when Saul was persecuting the church, he thought he was doing the Lord's work. So I always advise people, if you are not happy and you can't seem to get over issues that are happening in that church, rather leave. Yeah. You are safer when you leave. At least when you leave, the pastor will be upset. 
the leaders will be upset. They'll get over it. But if you stay and cause division, the Lord is upset because it says he hates it. He hates it. Anyone has got a flaw that we can criticize. Any, anything, anything that you see here, there's hundreds of things that you can criticize here. And even you who is criticizing, you can be criticized. Right? That's how life works. Sometimes we need to save ourselves the travel and say, because as soon as you sit and you are not happy and you are complaining and then you are criticizing and then you are. <laughs> so unity allows the blessing to flow and manifest in the house. All of us are here to partake of the blessing that God is pouring out in this house. And for us to experience that, what must we do? We must maintain the unity in the house. Psalm 133, behold, how wonderful and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Behold, how wonderful and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And then it says, it is like the precious oil poured upon the head of Aaron. That is Christ flowing down to the beard. That is leadership. And down to the skirts. Those are the members. And then it says, it's like a Jew of Hermon upon the mountains. And then it says, and there, only there, in that place of unity, he commands a blessing. Life forevermore. In that place of unity. And remember, unity is not uniformity. I don't have to, be, to look like you. To be one with you. I don't have to dress like you. To be one with you. Otherwise it would be impossible for the husband and wife. To be one. Just like how God is expecting me and my wife to be one. We are two different people. If you don't know. Me and my wife. We are two different. Every day I wake up to that reality of realizing how different we are. Yeah. Don't we all? Like, we are opposite. Each and every day when I wake up, it's a constant reminder of how different. But God says we must be one. Yeah. Unity in diversity. She needs to be herself and I have to be myself 
And it is only when I find myself and she finds herself that we can connect. And from that place, the Bible says, God commands a blessing. Why? Because we are one. So if we want the blessing to flow in this house from one person to the next, we need to connect and be one from one person to the next. One, the blessing is flowing. The blessing is flowing. The blessing is flowing. The blessing is flowing. Not because we've prayed 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain. Not because we, we are this and that, but simply because we are one. And that's why, therefore, as we stand on our feet, please. That's why then Paul, in the scripture we read, says the cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Then he says the bread which we break. Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So each time we come together to have communion, it should be a reminder of the unity that should be in the church, that we are all partaking of the same body, drinking from the same cup. I mean, Paul was even extreme. He took it to the next level. He said, that's why... Some of you, when you come, you eat in an unworthy manner. He says, you don't even wait for each other. In other words, as soon as you receive your bread and your cup, you, you go. You don't have patience for the next person. So in other words, it was demonstrating unity to say, let's wait for each other. As, as this one is given, that one is given, that one, let's wait. What, what does it demonstrate? It demonstrates oneness. What does it mean? I might not be at your level of blessing. Away from me. Be patient with me. I might be still struggling with certain things in my life. Wait for me. Don't be impatient with me because I'm not where you are. May I not be a nuisance because I don't drive what you drive. I don't live where you live. Wait for me. Because the very same blessing that is flowing in your life, it is the very same blessing that should be flowing into my life. As a matter of fact, if I regard myself as the one who is more blessed in the house, I should position myself to bring others to be on close proximity so that they can see what the Lord can do. Let me tell you this, Pastor G. It's just that these days we build the church in a most messed up way. That's why the Bible says, even when you are supposed to be chosen to qualify for leadership in the house, okay, yeah. the Bible says you need to be able to host visitors. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Sure. <laughs> it simply means I, I, no matter how blessed I can be, and I'm a leader in the house. Mm. And I'm expected to shepherd. Let's say I'm leading a connect group. Yeah, yeah. The iConnect group, right? And in that iConnect group, not everyone is in my class. But I need to be so open and be able to host. Why? I am exposing them. This is what the Jewish people used to believe in. This is what, they, this is what the Jewish people used to believe in. They believed that if God shows you 
a blessing of another person. It was prophetic in your life. You are speaking. God was simply trying to expose you of what he can do. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because if I bring you to my home, and you are not driving a car, you don't have a house of your own, yeah, yeah. and I bring you to my world, sure. I'm simply saying to you, there's another level. Yeah, come, come here. I'm waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, and the reason why I'm bringing you to my home it is to show you what God can do. Why? Because when you come and you say, wow, what a car, what a house. I'm not going to say you, can't, you don't qualify for this because you are not me. I'm going to point it to God to say the same God who has blessed me with this car and with this house is the same God. Listen, we need to read the Bible correctly. That's why the Bible says the lesser is blessed by the greater. Hebrews 7 verse 7. What does that mean? I will, I, God does not bless me to boast. But he blesses me to become a blessing. So that someone else when they see, it's like, that's why, you know, you, you need to be able to expose people and say, yes, there's a level on top if you are interested. I'm waiting for you here. This is the cup that I'm drinking from. Guess what? It's the same cup that you are drinking from. So I'm waiting for you here. I'm not saying you are going to be there forever. I'm saying there's a level on top if you are interested. I'm here to help you, my brother. That's why Paul was saying, wait for each other. He says, if you want to eat alone, go to your own house and do that. But if we are here, we are all the same. We are all equal. And no matter, it does not, you feel intimidated, you are having your cup, and you are standing next to Utabile, and you saw the car that she's driving when she comes in, and you are not easy. But at this moment, we are drinking from the same cup. We are breaking bread from the same body. On the basis of redemption, we are brother and sister. Or at the basis of redemption, it simply means the blessing that she's experiencing in her life. I am next in line. I am next in line. And therefore, if I admire you, Tabile, that's not a cue for you to be more boastful and to tell me how great you've been and, and how far you've gone in life and, and how, 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 and make me feel like I don't qualify for that level. No, no, no. But that is the cue for you to remind me that the same blessing. Come on. Because the Bible says... Bring tons of offerings into the storehouse, right? Yeah. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And see if I will not pour out yeah. a... Blessing. Not blessings. Not yeah. It's the same blessing. That there will be no room enough to contain it. In other words, you, you can't limit it to you. Yeah. The blessing that is flowing in this yeah. house, you yeah. can't limit it to you. Sure. Yeah. There's no room enough to limit it yeah. to one person. Yeah. Yeah. It must overflow. Yeah. So the blessing that is poured out here, it must from goodwill to his wife, to anybody who's, that God brings to your close proximity. Let's, let's come and where are the hosts? Because now that's how you too. Let's give, let's give the hosts a round of applause. Yes. Yes. 
How are we? How are we? How are we? How are we doing it? Are they coming, or you're going to them? You're going to them. Okay, start doing that, and and tell 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 the, your neighbor as you are receiving. Tell your neighbor, wait for me. Wait for me. Wait for me. Wait for me. You might be having a better job than. Me. Don't say that. I'm the one who's just saying that. You might be having a better job than me, but wait for me. You might be. You might be. You might be in leadership, but wait for me. I'm also coming. You might be at the forefront of the church, but wait for me. All of us, we are partaking of the same cup, and we are eating on the same bread. No one deserves to be isolated in the church. No one deserves to be out on the cold builders church. Hillcrest, hear me good. If there's one thing I am asking of you and I am begging you as we grow, any person, it does not matter who they are, where they come from. As soon as they walk through those doors, make them feel part of this family, part of this body. Make them feel important. Make them feel like they, they, they mean something, not just to God, but also to you. That's why we are saying this is a home for his people. Not just me, but anyone. Anyone should be at home. Why? Because this is his house. Where he has chosen to accommodate his body. That's what we are here for. So if you are seeing a face for the first time, make them feel at home. Make them feel like I can connect with you. Why? Because you are a church and I'm a church. The same God. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One everything. There's no confusion about it. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.